0: Hello, and welcome to the CRE with CBC Worldwide podcast. This is your host, Tom Hershey from Cobalt Banker Commercial. Joining me today is Jordan Bem, founder and chief executive officer of Mo Living, a developer solution conceived to disrupt the modular living and hospitality industries. Jordan is here to discuss how Mo Living provides a nomadic hospitality solution that can pop up anytime, anywhere, providing a true luxury experience to its guests with a minimal impact to the environment. Now, having spent most of his career at the intersection of real estate and private equity with Arizona Investments, Jordan became familiar with the financial and investment challenges faced by hotel and real estate development, inspiring him to found more living. Jordan has acquired, developed, managed, and syndicated billions in deals across various markets. He holds a bachelor's degree in business and economics from Brandeis University. Jordan, thanks for joining us today. You know, I when we talked previously, I'd mentioned when I read about this concept in a daily newsletter that I subscribed to, I was inst- instantly fascinated, it just like caught my attention, went right to the website, started looking at it. So I'm totally eager to hear more about your company and your unique approach to luxury hospitality. So let's get started. Jordan, tell us a little bit about why you started the company and, and your role. And hey, Tom, thanks for having
1: me think in order to comprehend truly why we started this business is how the idea basically started the idea started a couple years ago my sister and i were basically sitting on a beach in the hamptons a friend of ours had uh, invited us to his home and we were sitting there complaining on the beach saying how amazing the place is but how out of touch, basically, it is with normal population and how expensive, basically, these hotels are in these seasonal markets. So just because we were sitting there, we decided to back into the exercise of why they were so expensive. The reason why is seasonality. During season, everything's fantastic. But off-season, occupancy is sometimes so low that the operating costs are so high that it just doesn't make sense to actually even open a hotel or if it's open, you're basically running at a loss eight months out of the year. So my sister and I sort of started laughing at the idea of wouldn't be fantastic to own and operate hotels that are always at the right place at the right time. And that was sort of the inception basically of of Mo Living. Of course, lots happened by then, but that's really
0: how we started. So from a 30,000 foot overview what is mo living you know essentially what is it that you do yeah so mo livings the world's first nomadic hospitality solution so that's
1: a lot of words basically what we've created is the first truly mobile hotel room so a room that's meant for the hospitality industry and as we basically utilize mobility, we do it in order to counteract issues like seasonality. So for all intents and purposes, we've created hotels with flexible inventory. So during high season, maybe a hotel number one would have 100 keys, but during down season, there may only be demand for 20 keys, for example. So traditionally, as I mentioned prior, you would have a ton of operational costs and so on, or management costs and whatnot. But with our solution, we would basically remove the excess inventory from property number one. So let's say beachside location like the Hamptons and move them down to one of our other hotels that would actually have demand. So if you're building two hotels, instead of building twice 100 keys in this particular situation, you may only build... 120 keys because you're shifting 80 keys from location one to location two and then back to location one. All
0: right. So this is uh, generating lots more questions for me. So let's start with kind of like the basic location. How do you find where you're going to put the mobile units?
1: Yeah, So so the way that we function is we function basically as joint venture partners where MoLiving, once again, operates as a joint venture partner, landowner provides the land and the minor permanent infrastructure, which generally is where we'd be operating or FMB or spa pool or basically whatever really remains permanent to the property. Mo Living comes in as an operator and provides your reservation system, your management, your marketing setup, your branding and so on. Very similar to your Four Seasons, Amon, Six Senses, basically, of the world. But the real difference is that we actually provide the flexible inventory at our own cost. So Mo Living comes in with almost half of the development cost of the project.
0: So a couple of things. Back to the existing structure. Um, You talked about you know having the ability for an effing food and beverage or, or a spa or a pool. Is that somebody that's developing the land already or those existing facilities? Is that someone that may have a hotel that they want to expand? It really
1: depends. So Mo Living operates and brands its own properties. So wherever we're going to be present in Mo Living is the name of the hotel. And we're basically running all the management. But this is where the product and the modularity of the product becomes very interesting because we could take over any type of project. So you mentioned raw land, that's something that we can operate on, a previously existing hotel, that is something we can also operate on and so on. So
0: do you now have the ability, so let's say it's just raw land, do you have the ability to bring in the structure for, let's say the reception desk and maybe like a bar, or is that something that your joint venture partner would then develop so so
1: that's something our joint venture partner would basically develop with us so we would bring in you know all the design standards and requirements and so on but since that is going to be permanent and is going to be staying basically on the piece of land even after you know our joint venture agreement may end x amount of years down the line that's something that remains to the landowner we don't ever take possession of the land. We just have the right to operate on the land.
0: So is there then a life cycle for your deal? It sounds like there is. Are you entering into like a long term lease? Is the you know joint venture a well-defined time that, period or term?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So generally a management agreement in the traditional hospitality industry is 20 years. Because of the flexibility of our product, we do 10-year JV agreements. At the end of a 10-year JV agreement, you have three options. Option one, you want to extend. It's fantastic. Option two, you know, just didn't work out, unfortunately. So we terminate the joint venture agreement and we move our, our hotel rooms, basically our hotel suites from one location to another. And the landowner lost, you know, less money than if he had built permanently. Option three is it went very well. Landowner wants to build permanent, which is totally fine. Then he can uh, build permanent, but we would be managing the uh, the property for Adam.
0: an X period of time. So, are there locations that work better than other locations? There's like anything, I mean, obviously, you don't want to go in the middle of a desert with no structure infrastructure around for hundreds of thousands of miles but is there you know some location that works better than other locations
1: yeah absolutely i mean we we didn't really go into the sustainability of the product itself but the interesting thing basically about mo living is that our hotel rooms or hotel suites basically have the Capability of a operating on the grid or b operating 100% off the grid. So each unit basically has solar panels, has the la- latest basic uh, lithium batteries that are integrated within the units. Also has holding tanks, you know, for fresh black and gray water. Basically, also has a recycling system on the gray water. They can recycle up to seven times before the water is deemed basically not fresh anymore so the interesting thing is the product itself is built to be put anywhere because as we drop our product you know in whatever location even if the terrain is imperfect we have a self-leveling system on every unit so even if you're in a slight slope the unit will be 100 leveled but for the brand of mo living which is a very luxury brand
0: the idea
1: is to position ourselves in areas of high barriers of entry, basically.
0: So, how then are the units? First of all, before I get to that, I just can you compare again, for our listeners what is a Mo Living unit comparable to, like a Four Seasons bungalow or? yeah so a so mo, mo living unit's basically 12 feet wide and
1: 45 feet long. It's about 400 square feet on the inside with two decks that are 120 square feet each So each room's 650 square feet. So it'd be extremely comparable basically to your four Seasons junior suite. So we believe that we are alone basically currently in our space and we're a hybrid, or marriage between, you know, the mobility space, so wonderful companies like AutoCamp, Getaway, Casita. I don't know if I mentioned collective retreats, but some wonderful companies like that that are reutilizing existing, basically, product such as airstreams, tents, tiny homes, and so on. Right. And on the other side, the ultra luxury space, so your Four Seasons, Amans, Six Senses of the world, basically. So we're positioned smack in the middle of all that.
0: So you mentioned Airstreams, and I'm sure everybody's now seen where you can go rent an Airstream. Getting those to the site seems relatively simple. You hitch it up to a trailer or to a truck and you tow them in. How do your units get transported? Do you have to build them once you get there? Or is everything kind of just plug and play? exactly
1: the same way as your Airstream basically. The only difference is in comparison to your traditional Airstream that can be pulled you know by your F-150 or Chevy Tahoe or you know whatever SUV. We have to have our units pulled basically by a semi or something that's bigger than an F-650 because our units are actually
0: 30,000 pounds. So how long does it take to set up once you bring them in? You mentioned they're self-leveling, they're sustainable. Does it take like a couple of months or?
1: I'm gonna give you a really interesting comparison. It's shorter than the time of this podcast.
0: <laughs> wow, that's crazy.
1: Probably yeah. actually shorter than we've been on the call or started the podcast. It, it takes about 10 minutes basically to, to set it up because all you need to do is back it into place Press on a button that's actually done by uh, any of our execs, basically uh, iPads, for the self leveling system to activate, disconnect, and then just plug in the utilities or just turn on the system if we're off utilities. So it really is a matter of minutes, basically, to install one of these
0: units. So, since that is so quick, and you talked about seasonality previously, do you like, you know, let's say you've got a property in Arizona, someplace where it's, you know, In the summer, nobody goes, but in the winter, everybody wants to be there. When you've got the excess units, do you go pack them up and take them to another location or do they just kind of sit there?
1: No, they they actually go to another location. So you really have to think about it this way. Just because I live in New York and we start talking about the Hamptons. Hamptons is great as in season, basically from May all the way through October but from October, for example, to May, it's very quiet. So probably be instead of being 90 to 100% occupancy, you're talking about 15 to 20% occupancy. So what we would do is take all that excess, for example, down to the
0: Carolinas or take it down to
1: Florida, for example, which is perfectly opposing.
0: So does each of your deals have individual life cycles like so for instance, you're talking about moving the units down to Florida, are the units that are in the Hamptons, always going to be the ones that move to Florida? Or are they interchangeable? Is like the unit the same? So they,
1: they can be they can be interchangeable, we would like them to be the same units to move back and forwards. But it's absolutely fine to have them be interchangeable, because the way that we built this is so modular, that the only thing that's actually a change between the units that are going to be, you know, the summer units that are moved from one location to another is your FFNE package basically. So fixed fixtures and
0: uh, and finishes basically that, that are being changed. Is there ever, you know, in looking at your deals and I wanna get a little more into like deal specifics, is there ever deal that you get into and you're just like, or a, a situation or a property that's just not a great fit? The,
1: the way that we function is, uh, As we find a new deal, basically, is, as we sign an LOI, we have a certain amount of due diligence, basically, you know, by then we should know if we do our job correctly, if the deal is actually a proper deal or not. Since we're investing so much, basically bringing in the units, you know, from one property to to another, from the manufacturing facility to uh, that specific property, we're investing a lot of money, basically, in every single project that we're bringing to the table or that has been brought to us to the table. So hopefully we're not in a situation where things go bad, but if we do, you know, luckily enough, we can reduce capacity and find a way to
0: operate in the uh, most efficient manner. If you could walk me through a typical deal. First, I'm gonna ask the question that I know a lot of my listeners are thinking, okay, I'm a commercial real estate broker. How can I find two people, you know, a landowner or somebody that's selling their lands somebody that wants to buy it develop it as hospitality and partner with mo living so are are, do you ever have brokers involved is my first question
1: so we've had situations where we're dealing with brokers we've had also a lot of situations where landowners have reached out to us directly dealing with the brokers just it's not an issue it's just an extra layer basically in which we would be responsible on Giving them, you know, commission because broker finding a deal means the broker is actually working. So someone that works, you know, deserves compensation.
0: So your typical situation is it somebody that already owns the land that wants to J V, or is it somebody that is looking at buying a piece of property, wants to build the infrastructure, and then bring you in as a JV partner?
1: So far, we've only dealt with situations where the land is already owned. We've had a lot of people reach out to us currently saying, oh, we want to buy a piece of land and so on. Can you please send us, you know, your exact metrics? You know, that's a much tougher situation to deal with because of course, you know, metrics change throughout time. And additionally, we don't want to be publicizing, you know, our specific metrics because that's sort of the secret sauce of living <laughs> to, to, to other people that we don't necessarily know. So we haven't you know we're more than happy to work with landowners but or future landowners but with the amount of people that have been reaching out to us basically for the moment it would be almost a nightmare you know having a situation like that we get about 150 requests a week for sites wow so you can just imagine that within that number if we basically maybe 25 to 50 of them a week are people saying, "Hey, I want to buy a piece of land." So if we were working with every single one of them, it would just end up being a
0: huge, huge amount of time that could be spent doing other things. Walk me through, and I know, a, well, 100 of them, 120. That's a lot of deals. Walk yeah, me
1: through. So we we have a couple people that are full full time, basically analyzing every deal. And keep in mind, out of the 125 deals that come in, maybe 100 just don't even fit remotely inside the box. But it still leaves about 25 a week that we actually as a team have to go look at, not physically, but actually have to look at, you know, and take a deep dive on. So it is very time consuming, but it's the beauty of having a small, efficient, basically
0: team. So... Walk me through, you got your 25, you're settling, you you know, you want to go examine those. So how would the process go?
1: Well, process is, you know, we underwrite the deal, do a back of the envelope, basically, we get back to the owner, we make sure that the owner, you know, fully understands the, the structure, we organize a site visit, let's say everything goes well, we like the deal, we send a letter of intent. Letter intent gets signed, we have a certain amount of period to do our own due diligence on which landowners have to provide us, you know, site, current site plans, surveys, CAD drawings, also proof that they own the land. That's a big <laughs> one. Because trust me, it does happen that people reach out to you saying we, they own land, but they don't really do own it or don't own it yet. And after that's done, if it's still satisfactory, basically, to us, you know, we, of course, provide landowners at that point with conceptual site plan, with what we think the FFNE will look, what we think seasonality will look, and, you know, our back of the envelope or actually more complete model at that point. At that point, if everything's okay, we'll enter into a joint venture agreement Mm -hmm. and off to the races.
0: They build, we build, and uh, we set a date. Interesting. So you know, we talked a little bit at the beginning, I actually in your introduction and reading your website, the word disruption, and that's something that I always like to talk about is how we're not necessarily disrupting is, you know, some people think disrupting is a bad thing, but changing the industry for the better and and looking at, you know, things that you're doing, the sustainability angle specifically, how do you see Mo Living complementing the existing hospitality industry or really pushing for changes for the better?
1: Well, there's plenty uh, of angles, basically, that that could be explored, you know, at this point, I think what's interesting about Mo Living is that we're democratizing the hospitality industry in two ways. So first of all, we're democratizing development of hotels because we're making it much cheaper. We're also bringing in a severe or large portion, basically the capital ourselves to every single deal. Whereas operators, you know, historically have become increasingly, I hate to say this term, but increasingly lazy because all they do is collect fees. They don't put any skin in the game versus we actually put our skin in the game because we truly believe in the product. We're not just dependent on the product actually making money. And if it doesn't, you'll still collect a check. So we democratize, you know, development and as development becomes cheaper, basically for certain landowners and for projects as a whole, because building modular and offsite also means that we build without any delays also means that there's no rain dates. It also means that we manage to build basically a five star hotel room, you know, at a fraction of the cost of a traditional five star hotel. Today, if you're looking at, and I'm looking at projects right now, just as comps that are in upstate New York, that some people are building for over a million a key, you know, we build for 60% less than everyone else. So if you build for cheaper than everyone else, you also operate at a much, you know, more efficient margin than everyone else, you manage to actually look at occupancy versus looking at ADR, which is what most, you know, hotel companies look at today is having very high ADRs. We would rather have very high occupancy, which means that we could charge a little bit less than others. Hence, we can open up all these areas of high high barriers of entry, basically, like the Hamptons, where the idea basically originally came from. And hopefully, you know, we'll be able to open that market to people that, couldn't necessarily or didn't want
0: to spend $2,000 a night. If you had a crystal ball <laughs> looking not even 20 years down the road, but 10 years down the road, can you see my Living as being a supplement or a an addition to the existing hospitality industry whereby I'm going to build my resort in this area where there are high barriers of entry? I'm only going to build, you know, and normally I'd build 200 rooms, but I'm only going to build 50. And then I'm going to use Mo living, I'm going to part JV with them, and they're going to bring in the remaining units. And thereby, we have an operating hotel.
1: We don't focus on those areas where you can build towers, you know, like, what you're talking about, that's not high barrier of entry market, high barrier of entry market would be, you know, once again, I'm just coming back to Hamptons, because was the theme of the discussion, you know, sort of today, where it would be extremely frowned upon, and you would not get authorizations to actually build that type of product. Also, the really important thing you have to remember in seasonal markets is financing is actually quite complicated, because if you happen to be three months late on construction, you may have lost a full year of revenue, for example. So, so banks are actually look at it, you know, with a huge magnifying glass and don't often give the financing that you would get in comparison to New York City. But to come back now to your original question, we really see ourselves as complement basically to the hospitality industry. I don't think we're going to replace traditional hospitality by any means. But we're going to make we're creating a new segment, but we're also creating a new clean segment. So if we can inspire just a couple percent basically the hospitality industry and making the world a better place then i think it's a huge success
0: jordan this has been absolutely fascinating and i keep talking for hours this is just so interesting to me and i know our listeners are going to feel the same how do our listeners contact you if, if you know they have more questions or they have a jv opportunity Absolutely. So if they have any questions,
1: feel free to actually go on our website www.moliving.com. You can reach out to us at info at And if you happen to have any development opportunities, you know, just development at moliving.com. We're very simple here.
0: All right. Jordan, thank you again. As a reminder to our listeners, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to and like the CRE with CBC Worldwide podcast on your favorite pod app. And also be sure to check out some of our older episodes. There's lots of great stuff there. This is your host, Tom Hershey with Coldwell Banker Commercial. Thanks for tuning in.